Hiya, and welcome to Mandatory Redistribution Party. This episode is about how capitalism tries to be your mate. But it's not. We've seen what capitalism's saying in the DMs, and it turns out not only is capitalism not your friend, but it's an economic system in which trade and industry are controlled by private owners for profit enforced by state violence. What a nasty piece of work. Me and Sean talk about mascots and how we might persuade rich people to buy socialism. A bit like Dragon's Den, but instead of reggae reggae sauce, the life of everyone you know being immeasurably improved. Thank you so much to our Patreon supporters, whose generous support helped push us through the gruelling all-nighters we've done to replace the content lost in last week's Lib Dem cyber attack. You are technically our bosses, and we daren't enrage you. If you would also like to be our boss, please find the Patreon link in the notes. As a leftist podcast, we are committed to having as many bosses as possible. Right, you ready for the ep? Ready? Steady? I've been having second thoughts about the mascot. We spent all the Patreon money um, try, trying to get people on Fiverr to design a mascot because it was the way to, it, it was it was what the podcast needed. Was And, and, and I, feel, I feel like we've made some errors. I actually feel pretty good about the whole mascot project beginning but we, but we to its eventual end. But we don't, we, we, we got too many, we, we just said... Okay, here we are. We're we're a radical leftist podcast run by two comedians from the north, and then we went for the lowest possible uh, yeah. fee. People on Fiverr. We should make some decisions, right? We need to make some decisions, and I think people want to hear. You know, they want to be in on the process of us going through this. Mm-hmm. So, first decision: animal or human mascot? And you asking them to respond? You? Now no, you. Oh, okay. No, I make yeah, the yeah, decision. Business meeting. Animal or human? There's something about having a human being that's a mascot. That seems something very strange about that. Why? Monopoly Man. The yeah. Pringle's head. Is that human? Or is that, yeah. a, pring- is that a Pringle? That's Hold not on. a Pringle. Is the, pr- is the Pringle? What is that? What's that? It's a What's head. The- it's what a the head. fuck is it? It's a head. Is it? It's a head. I'm getting scared of it. I'm getting scared of it. What is that? It's not a Pringle. It's, it's, like a- a, it's, a, but it's, it's, it's like a... It looks like an egg. It looks like a sideways egg. No, with it's a, a with Murray Mint. It's a Murray Mint. What? Is it- the Pringle's Pringle logo... Mint? Jack, are you telling me you've never had a Pringle and mint? I thought the green, I thought the green tube was mint flavour, but it's really not. He, he's, he's the shape of a Pringle. He's not the shape of a Pringle. He's, he is. He's the shape of like a baby bell. <laughs> a Pringle is, is he this. Fuck. He's like a Pringle is like this. Well, he's not three D. He's not three D. A Pringle, but he's a. But if you look at a o- Pringle, like oval, oval. If you look at a Pringle from above, it's like oval. Pring- oh, you not mean directly oval. above bird's yeah, eye yeah, view? Yeah, you're bird. You're, you're looking at like looking GTA at a, One. A, beer, a bird looking down at a Pringle's tube uh-huh. in the hand of the character from GTA All One. All right, it's uh, yeah, super zoom, zooming in. Right, <laughs> right. He was eating the Pringles in. the whole time. It's a, <laughs> it's Probably why he's so violent. <laughs> Do you know Pringles were entirely created in a lab and like tested on rats? They're one of the first like completely man-made foods. Right. Did the rats like them? Oh, yeah. Once they popped. They told the scientists, can you make a crisp 
that's like fucking crack. And they then they did. I'm not that keen. I don't think they're that great. I haven't had a Pringle in a while, so maybe don't know. I've, I think I've always enjoyed a Pringle. Mm. There's, there's, there's thing, it's not a top tier. I'm not ranking them. But I what could, is I can, your top tier? Crisps. Yeah. God, I like a actually... frazzle, but that's a whole other conversation. Wow. Right. Um, the mask, the ma- we're getting the mascot. So you're seeing something, there's something wrong about a human mascot. There's something uncanny about just having some person that doesn't exist just a drawing of someone we've made up. Is, being our mascot. It could be someone, it could be someone real. It could be a real person. <laughs> There's something about an animal mascot that makes me worry about... What, what's your issue with animal? I just feel like an animal's going to be sexualised quicker than a human. Do you know what? I've never looked, but I was, about, I was about to say, there's no Tony the Tiger porn. There's no... <laughs> what are you talking about? That's the, <laughs> that's the wrongest thing you've ever said. Yeah, but... <laughs> 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 but what about Coco? Only the tiger's got such Co- sexual Co- energy. Co- Co- He's Co- going to be one of the most sexualized yeah. cereal mascots. Now you point out, I feel like the actual. He's got like a like, neckerchief. Before anything else has been done, he's already like a sexy, sexy, furry type. I mean, like, he's associated there's, there's, with like white liquid. Like, yeah, or it's already the porn. Yeah, yeah. Like, white, white liquid. So pornographic porn, yeah, yeah, to begin yeah. with. Yeah, Tony's a really horny. Not horny. horny you're supposed to be horny for him. Yeah, yeah, no, like I'm Tony saying, doesn't I'm using horny you. and like he's got horny energy. Yeah. He's not horny. Oh, yeah. You yeah, could yeah. be, you could make him horny and then yeah. I'd plead like, I'd be, yeah, I've made this tiger fucking horny. Game on. Um, <laughs> the, but the, I don't know, the Cocoa Pops monkey? Less so. Cocoa Pops monkey, I think. Or Nesquik, the Nesquik. Is the Cocoa Pops monkey under? I'm sorry for even bringing that up. It's Cocoa Pops monkey. I don't know. I think the, the Cocoa Pops monkey is under child, right. child. Um, <laughs> Which well, makes okay, me feel yeah. bad for saying it, but well, I'm yeah, actually yeah, trying yeah, to. Yeah, help. exactly. Yeah, yeah. You're trying I to feel like I've yeah. said something wrong, yeah, yeah, but no, I'm actually clarified. trying to stop yeah, yeah, something yeah, yeah, bad yeah. happening. Uh, I was just thinking of animal mascots. Well, that's good. So then we just make it an animal child. <laughs> and then it can't. And then no one's going to sexualize it because that makes them a fucking pedo. Yeah, but that means that if they were to, it's so much we worse. So we put the logo on the Isn't Twitter account. Isn't it safer for us to make a really old... An old man. Well, I worry, right, if we have Zizek. an... If we have an underage... human. If we have an underage mascot and someone does do the unthinkable, it means we've got a much worse mess in our hands than if someone makes a sexualizes a mascot that is above age. Probably we should make them above age and indeed sexualized and consenting. Right, okay. Just so when they do inevitably get sexualized, right. it's, it's completely above board. But it's, why is everyone sexualizing mascots? I, I accept Tony the Tiger, but I, I return to my original premise of most, no one's, no one's like fucking jacking it to the Pringles head. I think the least sexual serial mascot is uh, Professor Wito. <laughs> Nah, he's horny. <laughs> yeah, but he doesn't get to act on it. Yeah. I think he lives in a very remote area. Yeah. I think he lives in a like a Jonathan Creek style isolated windmill. <laughs> <laughs> Wind- yeah, because it's wheat. That's nice. Yeah. Mm. So an old man. <laughs> an old man that we know? Zizek. No, I don't remember Zizek. Yeah, yeah, he's his own, he's got his own problems. Who's like the least problematic old man? Um, or an old woman, actually. I don't think it's... Yeah, just an old person. Are we going people then? Yeah, I think it should be a very old person. But not, you can't have like an old snake. An old, <laughs> wise snake. <laughs> um, well, like, you know, there's like, you know, lefty animals, bees. Okay, yeah. Wasps. I think, for whatever reason, the problem that I was trying to solve by making him human rather than being an animal... A pangolin. Somehow... 
Oh, a pangolin's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. That little, it's like a big armoured rat and its armour's made of toenails. Mm. But old. Oh, a pangolin with the pangolins adjusting his glasses to like, you know, oh, what does this say? Like he's like looking close at something. What does oh, it like say? Mr. Magoo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's a pangolin. Because I also associate that little glasses thing with like... To be clear. An Ernie yeah. end of the pier done yeah. a cheeky joke <laughs> in the 70s. Whoop, shouldn't have said that. Well, I just send me Mrs. Bloomers. Well, yeah, yeah, that that clarifies the edge of our brand. You know, we were looking more edgy. People say yeah. we're not look we're edgy, we're not edgy enough. So we want to what? Go for some edge on Mr. It, like Magoo a, meets the two Ronnies in a pangolin. In a pangolin, yeah, and then armor can't get in. <laughs> and what's the benefit of the armor? We're strong. We're if not strong. We just armor, can't yeah. be hurt. Yeah, there's a very there's different. We yeah. got low attack, high yeah. defense. <laughs> Yeah. Unless you get underneath. What, what's underneath a pangolin? Skins. Soft, naked mole rat Right, well, that skin. can't be in the uh, mascot. We'll have to tell the people on Fiverr to rotate him. Or it, keep him we down. Could do, this is my issue with a lot of the the defended and the spiny creatures. Yeah. So they've got an obvious weak spot that everyone knows about. So if I was a hedgehog or a porcupine or a turtle, I'd have the armor bit on the bottom as well. Like, if I was a hedgehog, what, like I'd all be... around? Not on my face. Yeah, but you're not going to be comfy, are you? Why? You got to... You They're know. not going to stab well, also, a hedgehog could, like, curl... Could, most of them can, like, curl in a ball. I think... A, a turtle a can't can curl in a ball. A turtle can't curl in a ball. But that he's got hard... He's hard under as well. Not as hard. Not as hard, but he's still fucking hard, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, quite hard. Yeah, yeah. And, like, do you know the only um, natural predator of a hedgehog is a badger? Like, I know a human could kill and eat a hedgehog, but, like, yeah. only a badger can get... It knows to pull them open. Right. Nothing else knows. Nothing else that. learnt that. Nothing else knows to do. Well, because Badger's got its like hooky claws, hasn't it? Ah. Yeah. That must be really scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you're a hedgehog, like a badger's seven times your size as yeah. well. Yeah, that's fine. I saw a badger go up quite a steep set of stairs once. What? And I'm like, these guys are unstoppable. They're really fast. They've got yeah. super low central drive. I'm terrified of badgers, mate. Got You've got nothing to worry I about. I'm chased by badgers new, y- y- now. And I also, whenever I'm in a situation where there might be a badger, I'm I'm, I'm mitigating. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like fucking Jason Bourne, checking the exits or whatever. Yeah. Right? Paper round, more than one occasion, chased by a badger early in the night. Did you still, have a bike? Night. No, I didn't have a bike. You did paper around on foot? Yeah. It must take an age. Well, it was quick. I, I tested it because I was on and off the bike, on and off the bike, on and off the bike. Ah. Um, there was a Aren't bit, you supposed to you throw would, them you would from gain, the bike? No, you have to go and post it into the right. door. If people would complain because it rained. rain. But Paperboy? Not Paperboy like the... the you're thinking like the Amstrad game. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no. Avoid no. the person skipping. Avoid the ghost. No, no. In America, they put the... Um, they do. They put the newspaper in a plastic wrapper so ah. that it's rain resistant. No, no. Not in UK. You have to push it through a post box. And almost everyone's post box is like on the floor. So the dog immediately gets it. And yeah. it gets shredded as it goes through. Anyway, it's doing that. Chased multiple occasions by... I was going to say badgers. Might well have been the same badger because it was the same paper route. So, Oh, there was never a time when multiple badgers were getting you. It's the same badger and you're like, it's another badger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. I mean, you know. Um, so maybe an armoured badger, but that's really cool. old. I mean, I mean, I'm kind of scared of it, but I like that I'm scared of a mask. Yeah, old. So he's he, he's been in the Badger Wars. He's wizened. There's something, um, there's something a bit parochial wildlife trust about a badger that seems very uncool. Yeah, how does that get across, like, Radical Left Comedy Podcast? How does a badger get that across? A Mandatory badger reminds me of, like... What do we call him? National Trust and going round, like, what an abbey. Call- yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's yeah. really yeah, he's on a leaflet. That like yeah. that's a good logo, but he's a logo for the children's version of a leaflet. 
in York Minster. A pamphlet to get children excited about collecting acorns. Yeah, you have to follow the Badger's Trail yeah. and find his clues. Yeah, we can't. I mean, I don't think a Badger's I've weirdly... It's a shame because you're scared of it. Still think a pangolin. I'm scared of spiders. I've got a real bad spider. Spider, dreadful logo. That, again, is just going to terrify everyone. Yeah, too scary. But it needs more edge than a badger. I guess it could be a pangolin. Pangolin's quite a sexless. I don't think we have to worry about that issue. Yeah, hard to get horny for a pangolin. Sure respect a pangolin. Oh, a blobfish. Oh, yeah, I like a blobfish. Also, I've got a fact about the blobfish. Yeah. So you know the pictures you've seen of the blobfish? Yeah. Blobfishes actually live quite deep in the ocean where there's a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah, So they don't look like that in the natural environment. No. In the natural environment, they look all right. Yeah. But you take them out of the natural environment and they go all blobby and horrible. Which is the logo. Nice blobfish or blob, external to your environment. Are you aware of the uh, Greek or Roman god? Janus. Like the two-headed god. Right. Right, so they're depicted as like two heads facing in different directions. Yeah. They represent like doorways and changes between different times. Yeah. And so we could be the two blobfish, but like one blobbed low pressure and one like really handsome. People but- are going to assume one of us is the handsome blob. <laughs> but that's fine because we all can come to their own. <laughs> as long as we don't label them. <laughs> People could be like, my head can. <laughs> It's that this blob is this person. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't want to get into who's which blob, but I just don't think that issue of the blobs is bad. So this comes on to the next issue. Where does the mascot live? Like, if we, we have to establish law. Oh, so if we're creating kind of a semi-fictionalised account of who we are and where we live, um, we live in a, a semi-detached in Nottingham, and it's just oh, in I mean, aquarium. Not a... <laughs> our lord specifically the mascot (laughs) right sorry i thought we had to connect to the mascot in some kind of (laughs) fictional i like it okay um yeah okay so i've got two ideas tell me which one you would rather Mm -hmm. one avalon avalon the comedy corporation (laughs) no avalon the um the fairy area where king arthur went oh yeah okay fairy area should have said the kingdom of kingdom of avalon well i don't know actually i don't think king arthur actually rules over he's just he's just a resident yeah yeah fair yeah Yeah, he's just like he's like a retirement home for just him yeah um, and then the other one is um, the faraway tree. Faraway tree is a bit too Tory, actually. No, oh, not the tree itself, yeah, yeah. actually. Tree, the far, tree's the, environmental. The, the yeah, tree yeah, itself yeah, is yeah. a commune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That tree is a kibbutz. Tree? Listen, this is our own law. Could yeah. be an Avalon. But the faraway tree is an Avalon. I mean, you're really resistant to that, but... You I know, know something about it doesn't yeah, sit right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something about it felt weird. The faraway tree is in Avalon. I don't want it. Okay, just the faraway tree and the blob. What? Okay. Just one of the residents. And the blob... Is the blob one entity with two heads? No, to it was that. <laughs> well, to be fair to me, I designed it as a symbol. Yeah. And now you're telling me to flesh out that it's a whole organism with well, a life and a location. Yeah, we're giving a brief. We're not asking them to design a point-and-click adventure game. <laughs> yeah, They're just yeah, going to make are. a little... Yeah, we are. That's, we just that's want that's everyone, everyone on file. the Patreon voted. They said, what, we, we said, what do you want? Do you want, do you want us to do any, more interviews? And they said, no. We no. want a point-and-click We want a, a radical left game. sequel to Monkey Island. <laughs> Where does it live? Oh, um, do you know about the Tunguska event? <laughs> no. <laughs> Go on. Oh, it's just this event where, like... In a mostly deserted area of East Russia, mm. something's happened and all the trees are flattened in a massive like oh, area yeah, going yeah, outwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the blobfish should live in the middle of that 
And it is canon that when people investigated it, it was at the epicenter and caused the Tunguska event. And it was the energy released when two blobfish fused. There is a difficulty of this being a real thing that exists in one place because the two blobfish are distinguished by the amount of seismic pressure that is being placed on them. Mm-hmm. So how can they both exist on the same place and well, not one, look the one, same? One is in the future and one is in the past. What, in the in the And past, there's different the, pressures. The, the air pressure yep. is like that of yeah, yeah. halfway down the ocean. It's the, the uh, dialectic. Yeah, the dialectic's going to make the breathable air the same pressure as the abyssal yeah, zone. Yeah, 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 the contradictions, mate. So two opposite opposing things can exist simultaneously. Oh, that's good. Yeah, Maybe yeah. the blobfish is the dialectic. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, there that's you go. tight. <laughs> Nailed it. That's really, really sexy. Mandy Blob. <laughs> uh, work on the name. <laughs> Corporations are rigidly hierarchical, totalitarian regimes that are... Let me check. The cornerstone of liberal democracy. They gather people together who then work to make the people who own the corporation rich. A reasonable characterization of a corporation then might be a giant two-mile-tall tentacle entity. Half its tentacles suck in the blood out of its entangled employees. The other half of its tentacles drip feeding said blood to customers in exchange for coins. But for some reason, that's not how they want us to think of them. In walks the mascot. Rich Uncle Pennybags is the face of Monopoly, a game originally created by American radical Lizzie McGee as an educational tool to illustrate the negative aspects of concentrating land in private monopolies. It was originally called the Landlord's Game, and you're supposed to hate it, which makes a lot of sense. Speaking of monopolies, Disney is represented by friendly old Mickey Mouse. From the 1930s, Coca-Cola latched onto Father Christmas, helping to associate their delicious fizzy tooth decay drink with time we spend with our families, time off work, a time of giving. Whoa, sneaky, sneaky. Ho, 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 it's time for diabetes. Along even more sinister lines, we have figures like Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben is not a real person. Mars Incorporated, Mars Inc., food manufacturer and driver of illegal deforestation in the Ivory Coast and Ghana, uses Uncle Ben as the friendly face of just one branch of their £26 billion a year food business. Since 1946, Uncle Ben's products carried the image of an elderly African-American man dressed in a bow tie. Uncle, of course, is a common term from the segregated southern states of America to refer to older black male slaves or servants. Nice. But don't worry, in 2007, Mars promoted the fictional Uncle Ben to chairman of the board. There was even a website where you could take a tour of his fictional office. He still doesn't have a surname, and the real chairman of Mars Inc. is Victoria B. Mars, white woman and billionaire descendant of the original Mars. The businessman, not the god of war. Girl power. Mascots are just one way companies humanize themselves, present themselves as some benign, smiling face which masks their true nature. In the last decade, new disguises have become available to corporations. And unfortunate people are paid to spend their time and energy creating and sustaining these avatars. Brands have been scrambling to appeal to millennials and Gen Z who are more suspicious of old school advertising. This has led to some brands on social media mirroring the writing style and tone of real people of that generation. 
As early as 2012, we see the Old Spice Twitter account posting, Why is it that fire sauce isn't made with any real fire? Seems like false advertising. To which the Taco Bell Twitter account replied, Is your deodorant made with really old spices? Don't worry guys, Old Spice had a retort. Depends. Do you consider volcanoes, tanks and freedom to be spices? <laughs> this sinister mirroring of how real people talk online reached its zenith in 2009 with Sunny Delight's Twitter account proclaiming in its suicidally depressed tones, I can't do this anymore. During peak advertising moment, the Super Bowl. This inspired replies from other brands, including Little Debbie, the child mascot of a food manufacturer, which offered some self-care advice. Speak with loved ones who will help break you from your negative self-talk. Pornhub offered tissues. I, and many other people, maybe you, worried when I saw the Sunny D tweet that the unfortunate human being who was managing the account might actually need some help. Because these aren't bots, people write this. Some of the conversations between brands might be written by the same underpaid freelancer just switching accounts on their phone. There might even be a genuinely talented writer, but the work that they can get, the work that gets paid, the work that gets rewarded in our oh-so-efficient system isn't for their art, isn't for something they've created for themselves or for others. It's just humanizing a corporation. And I can see how that might put you in a place where you would type, I can't do this anymore. In hindsight, grimly, it seems it was just a publicity stunt. Millennial burnout, depression and anxiety are very real, widespread problems. And Sunny D put out a tweet that reflects that real problem, hoping for some sweet, sugary engagement. The tweet's still up and is immediately followed by a load of retweeted quote tweets having a right laugh. There's loads of them, but just one example would be Max Lederman's tweet, Wife, where should we go for dinner? Me. I can't do this anymore. Seems like Sunny D weren't even truly relating with depression or anxiety. They were just monetizing a mental health crisis. Oh, brands. When I think back to the historical foundations of leftism, Marx and some ETC around that, yeah. it's people saying, I've looked at the blueprints of what capitalism is. And I just think it's just not going to pan out. I think this yeah, is like... Yeah, kick the tyres. Yeah, this, as a system. I don't yeah. think it's a very good system. Not getting on this on the snake pass. And we should move on to another one. Yeah. And yet all the discourse that I'm familiar with and have grown up in is like wall-to-wall -wall moralism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and so yeah, like yeah. all I've known is like there's a, a real moral reason not to do this because yeah. it has bad human outcomes yeah. for people. Yeah. But then you look at where it came from and there's no real moralism in there. It's like, I've looked over all the blueprints and I think actually this isn't going to work, so we should change to this other model that I think would be preferable. It's like really hard down the line, dry, analytical thought. You've got it. You've you've swazooed it, lad. Yeah. So stage one yeah. of leftism, the moral bit... Yeah. This is bad. You know, Robert Owen, oh, look at these poor workers. It's bad. I'm going to make the factory nicer. Uh -huh. Yeah. You start with the moral, mm -hmm. double combination of theorists going, this is morally bad. And then people living it going, this is just bad. Yeah. This, my life is bad. Can it not be bad, please? Mm -hmm. Want? Can I spend a token for it to not be bad? Yeah. Um, Spare a not bad for the old <laughs> beggar woman. <laughs> um, 
And Marx and Engels yeah. went big on materialism and were just like, no, 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 no. Irrelevant. The moral stuff, irrelevant, irrelevant, irrelevant. Yeah. We can use historical materialism to be like, look, this thing is just fucking doomed. This is how mm. it behaves. These are all the things it does that are self-evidently bad. You know, yeah. we're not saying this is morally bad at any point. We're just saying this is, <laughs> this is fucking, look. Yeah. Uh, look at surplus value. Look how this works. Hmm. Unfortunately, they can at times come across as a bit stem bro because they're going, these were the idealists and we're the materialists. Yeah. Mm. Part of me thinks that can be seen as a strength of the way the arguments work that, you know, well, whether you're an absolute arsehole or not, yeah, you yeah, could be yeah, like, yeah. oh dear, to ensure that I'm going to be in a good position in 50 years after capitalism has eaten its own tail, I'd better start making some changes to the fundamental <laughs> economic system of how we run this country. <laughs> Somehow after that, and I guess you can fill in some of the gaps here, it snapped straight back to like moralism, which is all I seem to... It didn't sort of snap back. It's, I mean, I'm not some like historian of leftist thought or anything, mm. but like from my little bits and bobs I know. Yeah. But basically the gist of it I have is that you have Engels, socialism, utopian and scientific. Yeah. Utopian is the one, the old one mm -hmm. of like... We're trying to create utopia for all these moral reasons. Mm -hmm. And then their version, which is just science. This is where, you know, like the 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 meme of Marxism being like the immortal science. Mm -hmm. So it's that. And then you get stuff late, later on, like um, Trotsky writes some piece that's like their morals and ours. And he's like, oh, you know, people have tried to make moral justifications for socialism. And he starts talking about, he's like, oh, people have tried to use Kant. And people mm -hmm. did try and use like Kant to justify socialism. And then he goes, but all that's fucking bullshit because socialism is a science and it's the only path to the future. So, <laughs> so anything we do, even if it's the fucking gulag, is mm. good actually because it's science. Oh, okay. Uh, I, so that, that, I guess that might answer my next question, which is why did that tradition die off? Yeah, you pretty much oh, have I guess there, it's because you? You're, you need to go past the modernist era yeah. <laughs> in order to go, oh, we won't do gulags next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we've yeah. completely abandoned that. Where I was going with thinking that is that, you know, the advantage of going, this is a scientific theory and I'm mm. not based on anything on ideals, is because there's a big part of me that thinks that I don't know whether or not it's a good idea or whether mm. it's like a valuable plan of attack, but I really really think there's like a case to be made for socialism mm. that can appeal to absolute sociopathic assholes. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like the, the, the yeah, assholes yeah, yeah, case yeah, for socialism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it ends up making all aspects of society nicer. Yeah. Even if you are the bastard lord who lives up on the hill, yeah. your life would still be improved by living under a world where, oh, you can't go down there because some that's like a slum area and it's not safe. Yeah. The fact that your world contains that makes it worse not just for the people who have to live in those conditions, but for the people who like go, oh, I better not go in this dodgy area. Or even not violence, just like healthcare. Or if we provide healthcare for everyone, then a horrible mm. disease isn't going to spread everywhere. Yeah, and it like, like lowers crime. And all these things have these outcomes that affect the whole feel and look of society. And if you're one of those, like I always think of like Rory Stewart, who's mm. got this really romantic idea of like, Britain, I will walk around Britain and speak to its people. And it shows that, like, he's obviously yeah. a bit, you know, somewhere between just being mad and some sort of, sort of far from the madding crowd style yeah, romanticist yeah, yeah. of wanting to walk <laughs> through all these pastoral fields and speak to the simple shepherds of their lambing season. <laughs> but obviously he wanders around and, like, you know, there's just areas of the UK that have just been rendered unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you want to, like, 
believe in the if you want to have this real Tory idea of the majesty of Britain and that you can wander around it and well, speak also, to its the, fine the people. right to roam is like real fucking bad in this country right exactly <laughs> and so I mean I guess most of the benefits come when you're not mega rich mm. I'm just being like you know I grew up in a, a city mm. and there's just loads of antisocial behavior and, and there's loads of crime mm. and there's loads of services that don't work mm. so obviously I don't need convincing but I think if you are the lord of the manor is on the hill and you are not doing anything about climate change you're not doing anything about the coronavirus you're making under austerity mm. all those things end up hurting you you can't fully insulate yourself against a global pandemic mm. just because you're rich they'll fucking try they will try yeah, but yeah. i just feel like surely the stuff's more important sean because the stuff the inequality and in the stuff is more important than the stuff you're talking about to them. That's it. That's class interest. Yeah, I guess I maybe ultimately wouldn't work, but I just think there's so many elements of socialism that can appeal to an absolute psychopath. Yeah. But they would never hear about it because they can't get past the, the moralizing. Mm. And I'm not saying it's necessarily a good idea that the moral arguments are a bad way to go. It's just something I've been thinking about. When people think they're being moralized to, they have that reaction people have to vegans where they're like, Oh, are you saying I'm bad? Right. Then I'm going to double down on being bad then? Yeah. So I guess that, but it, at least it's like a third, it, it's not exactly saying socialism is the immortal science, nor is it saying you must be heartless if, yeah, you've, if, yeah, you've, yeah, yeah. if you're not on our cause already. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to think what tangible benefits you would get from socialism if you are a, sem- the Lord a, of the a semi-insulated, well-off person. Lower gentry. The guy you've heard it's a bit <laughs> to me makes me feel yeah, like lower, lower gentry. gentry. Well, no, if you're Rory Stewart. <laughs> if you're precisely Rory Stewart. Yeah. There's loads of benefits to it. Yeah, go on. Less war. <laughs> no, you want war. I feel if you're a Tory, oh, you yeah, want true. war. Oh, um, yeah, true. Hold on. Let's I guess I'll just come back to this feeling of it just being genuinely pleasant. There's less chance of an epidemic. There's Try and convince me. Maybe I, if I become the gentry guy. Yeah. Hello. Hello there. I'm going door to door and I'm selling the concept of socialism. Oh, yes. Well, for me, not for me. Hounds. Listen, if you, uh, if you could just put the dogs away, um, just give me a moment of your time. Um, have you ever thought about how nice it would be if you could just pay to make the world more pleasant for you? With my money! Do you know how all the people no. who live down in the village hate you, right? I've heard they're saying bad words about you. Because talk of me being a vampire. Yeah. I have none of it. It must be really annoying, right? Those, not a vampire. The, the peasants down there giving it all that, right? When you're doing your best for the community. I, if, if any, I got this house. I gained it from defeating a vampire. Yeah, and why not, right? And why shouldn't you put a stake through the heart of the Dark Lord? No, it's mine. What if I told you... I worked a, my way up. There's a product I'm selling, and yes. you could, um, you, if you were to buy it, mm-hmm. it would mean all the people down there not only would stop cursing your name at night yes but they'd be better dressed they'd smell less bad okay and they wouldn't have a chance of uh, stabbing you or your escorts when you're walking through the town they you would remove the pitchforks and they wouldn't scrape my jag it's even better than that i would remove the desire for them to stab you well, safer I'd... still than them being unarmed <laughs> they'd be armed but have no volition <laughs> They've got the pitchfork, but no danger. Yeah. What you'd be paying for is to remove their hatred for you by degree. And how much is it? Uh, Again, again, it's a sliding scale. So the more you pay, the less they hate you. Okay. So how much is the least I could pay? Uh, well, we need to get all the lords to agree to pay this at once. It's kind of um, kind of like a, a, a hedge fund. We need to get a lot of people investing in it to make sure it works. 
But if it uh, comes off, you'd need to pay 20% of all your income at the very least. What? But... What? But, I mean, that's a luxury what? product. You'd be Get showing... You'd be show- Get out! Get <laughs> out! And then I'd be dogged. Yeah. Yeah. Fully ripped. Yeah, you're right. Hmm. You're, you're right, but th- th- you're both correct that even the capitalist class would be living in a better world hmm. if capitalism was overthrown and they would have better lives. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, you know, money isn't happiness and there's loads of people who are absolutely loaded and they're depressed as fuck. And Oh, and, like, you get this massive diminishing returns and there's, like, nothing beyond your first million that actually goes towards making your life any better. Yeah. The, the other issue of being able to persuade them that that's the case mm. is another problem. Selling it like it's a product is interesting. Like, it's a yeah. Dragon's Den pitch. Hey, if I can get you, Dragons, and also everyone else in your earning bracket to invest just to <laughs> certain amount of billions i love and um, it's a product that will make everyone on earth happier i love socialism <laughs> as like uh like competing with capitalism so yeah. capitalism has to worry about what socialism's doing in order to keep itself competitive in the marketplace so like this is you know when you really start thinking about it and you go like hold on would there be an nhs if the soviet union didn't exist not saying that everything about the soviet union's fine but do you reckon the NHS would have come into no, existence? absolutely not. Uh, yeah, but then if you start... Absolutely never, but, ever, but, ever. But then you start digging into it and you go like, you know, like the kind of received wisdom of like, oh yeah, A to B marches, let's do a peaceful march. And then go, well, when were marches successful? Like when was peaceful march successful? The classic yeah. one people point to is they go like, oh yeah, the civil rights movement in the 1960s is like yeah. one of the few you can actually point at. And you go, oh right, but what circumstances brought the success of that about? Could it potentially be that the Soviet Union was absolutely ripping into the USA for having Jim Crow and fighting a propaganda war based on it in, uh, you know, the increasingly independent states of Africa Mm. and in on US soil itself in the, in the early 20th century, the trade unions that accepted black Americans were the communist ones. Like Asa Randolph, who organized the first March on Washington in the forties, which didn't actually happen, but then he was part of organizing the, the, 60s one that I have a dream one um <laughs> like a communist for most of his fucking life and it's like mm, let's not forget y- space travel as well well yeah that's fucking- my absolute favorite one because space travel was like such a cultural romantic touchstone in the entire west the idea yeah, yeah, of being yeah. an astronaut but space travel cosmonaut yeah, sure right <laughs> i don't think they dreamed necessarily being a cosmonaut <laughs> yeah, when i'm older i want to cross through the berlin wall introduce myself at the kremlin and be shot up into space to die like one of those dogs <laughs> but the idea that like that was such a romantic dream and it never would have happened without communism right and it influenced like a generation of Americans who were entranced by the stars. And then later, because it had been like, <laughs> I feel like space travel then went hand in hand with nuclear threat and sci-fi. Yeah, yeah, they yeah. got entranced by the stars. Then the Soviet Union started to fall. And then all they were worried about was that the stars were full of aliens. <laughs> and they were going to come down and kill them and probe them. The Soviets won the fucking space race. Mm. First dog in space, first man in space, first woman in space, first satellite around the moon. 
But just it's the just idea the one thing of like they got a man on the, the moon. The guy stood there. So that that yeah. one, that's the metric. What about yeah. all the others? No, no, ignore, no, they're not in, they're not ignore, in. bullshit. Yeah, um, and the big holes. And just, you know they had just they had a conversation to dig the biggest hole, the deepest hole into the center of the earth. And who dug the deepest hole? The good guys. <laughs> What? I'm joking, I'm but the Soviet Union. Yeah, yeah. They, they, um, they dug, and again, it's just the beauty of it is it's like, they, why are you doing? Like, who is this profit? I mean, maybe the, there's make, loads of industries probably making shitloads of money off it, but yeah. it's just a pure thing of like, what's down there? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm gonna get it. I'm going down there. Now we're going down there first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How far? How deep are you going? And they they dug like. The Soviets dug tr- a fucking hole deeper than that trench at the bottom of the Pacific. You oh, know, the no, deepest Marianas Trench. Marianas trench that yeah. thing mad James Cameron went down. Oh, didn't... Um, are we talking about digging holes on Earth? Yeah. 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 And it's... But it's, it's... So... But now it's just derelict. So after the yeah. Soviet Union fell, the whole thing's derelict and it's collapsed and there's probably... You know, it's like feral dogs. Well, I don't know about... It's like what, pushing the Arctic. going in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like... I think I'm thinking of Chernobyl. But the, there's like a cap... It's just a fucking rusty, like, one-foot piece of, like, iron. Yeah. And it, th- and it just says in Russian on it, like, you know, do not open 14,000-kilometer hole. That hole is That's the correct, deepest Sean. possible hole. It's the deepest hole on Earth. <laughs> and it's just... And, and what, a pedestrian could just... Yeah, well, no, you can't even unscrew it because it's rusted to fuck. Yeah, all, right. But with a crowbar but and a think, bit of time, you yeah, could I think unearth pe- the hole. Yeah, yeah. Pe- people, I think, like, visit it and, you know, take go like, oh, the fucking hole. But I think, like, Deepwater Horizon, which mm-hmm. was like... I don't know. That was like 12,000 kilometers, meters deep. It's got to be kilometers. It's got to be meters deep. Yeah. That wasn't as deep as this hole. It's a huge. I mean, it's still not that far into the earth. I don't think they even really get through the crust that much. Mm-hmm. But but they did that. <laughs> we did that. It's like, can't let the Americans dig a bigger fucking hole than us. Oh, so the Americans it. started it and this was an example. Oh, of- it was, yeah. It was, so it was a space race to go out and there was a whole yeah. race to go in. Not right. as dramatic, but I'm in. <laughs> Competition, the market, baby. The be- yeah. the most powerful market force is Ideas. a state that calls itself socialist yeah, and has uh, certain socialist elements compared to the other one and a whole bunch of other fucking problems. But that's what makes me think, like, when we're talking about the capitalist class or, or at least when we're trying to think structurally of going, it's not about individuals, it's about this larger structure. Yeah. It is kind of like there's just this thing called capitalism and it's in charge. And yeah. then because, as we're saying, like, under socialism, a lot of the capitalists, their life would be better. And, you know, austerity is going to ensure that if the coronavirus paranoia, if that ever were to turn out to be 100% as real as the the scaremongers would want mm, you to think, mm. it would rip through our society. Mm. Like, if you're looking at hospital beds per 1,000 people, yeah, we are lower than America on that. Just over three hospital beds per 1,000 people. Oh, it's because they like, fucking... It's because they PFI'd all the hospitals. Yeah, of course. There was one built in Birmingham where the company that built it cut a corner to make a little bit more profit, mm-hmm. and the corridors were just just narrow enough to not be able to turn a hospital bed around in. That's incredible. Just to make a little bit more money. Well, I'm glad they made a little bit more money. Hopefully that went towards a good cause. <laughs> Xbox Live subscription. <laughs> but it's more that there's an idea that is, is sort of controlling them. Like when you talk about brainworms, mm. it's like they're not even working in their bed. Like they've inherited this kind of Ayn Rand selfishness as the path to prosperity, but they're not ultimately even behaving in their own self-interest. Like- no, because they're completely alienated from it as well. And they have to, comp- they're trapped, you know, like if you're a big boss, business, big 
big business big boss. Business, big if boss. you're Bowser at the fucking top of the castle, yeah. where are you getting your fucking shells from? You know, some other prick comes along mm-hmm. and starts, you know, recruiting a Gumba army. Then if he's more efficient at it than you, uh, kidnapping princesses, you're fucking gone. You're out of business. Yeah. So you're in you're you're alienated from your fucking humanity as well. Yeah, you're happier cog. You're made of fucking platinum or whatever, and yeah. lubed more often. But the uh, you're still a cog. Yeah. But it's hard to persuade someone of that. And it's like if capitalism believes that competition drives excellence. Yeah. Great. So let's have a, something to compete with capitalism then, right? Yeah. Because yeah. capitalism was actually better when communism at least existed, <laughs> right? Communism didn't yeah, just like, make, communism even, doesn't make life, life yeah. better to people living in the communist country. It makes people living in the capitalist country's <laughs> lives better. And even like a system of communism that the vast majority of people would agree is like deeply flawed. Yeah. Like, even like, bad like, communism like, improves capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is not a branch of communism so rotten that it will not make capitalism better. <laughs> Oh my god! Because you've got these other countries going like, oh, we've got to set up a national health service. We don't want to make the Russians make us look bad. Oh, let's let's invest on on space travel. Let's send someone to the moon for no reason. Yeah. There's oh, no profit oh, to shit. be made. We've got to build shitloads of social housing because we don't yeah. want people becoming communists. Yeah, we don't want them going over to Russia like and, and traveling over and letting Stalin show them around and they write a tracticus on how it's amazing. We can't have yeah, yeah, people yeah. doing that. Oh, so we we'll just set up a nicer state over there. And guys, what what happened as the Soviet Union collapsed and then what completely entrenched itself in the 1990s after it was gone everything getting much worse because there's no need to justify capitalism in terms of anything it could do for people we're the only game in town baby and we're not run very well oh my god (laughs) yeah so the, the argument for communism doesn't need to be oh we need to do communism so that that there's a country where people can have a good quality of life or whatever, just to exist as a counterpoint to capitalism. Oh, the best changes the, best the globe. Thing, you know the thing of um, like, oh, communism's never actually worked, and we just need to, you know, we'll have the good one. And but then, then that gets like f- reflected back, which is kind of true, but gets reflected back at you by like right wingers of like, oh, of course that wasn't real communism, was it? Yeah. You know, like whatever example you do, and you go, like, you know, I feel like, yeah, okay, a fucking gulag death cult communism mm, yeah. which is fucking shit <laughs> forced you to just up your game yeah. so much and that was that was fucked yeah when so, we think so, of yeah. like the glory days of yeah. the social contract the new deal post-war consensus that wouldn't have happened unless there was yeah russia yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of course everyone say thank you lenin yeah <laughs> So when everyone talks back to the glory days of capitalism, the glory days of capitalism wouldn't have existed without oh, communism. Shit. I mean, at the start of this, we made a joke about Trotsky's argument being like, well, actually, scientifically, it's just going to make everything better, being quite bad. But now I'm like, oh, fuck. fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've been wrecked. Yeah, got absolutely owned by tr- the biggest trot in town. <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella Jean with additional music by Jack Evans. If you enjoy Mandatory Redistribution Party, please leave us a review on iTunes to increase our reach and follow us on Twitter at Mando Party. Thanks for listening. Bye.